Hi, this is presenter Crystal Dinapoli, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity, a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R each Sunday afternoon. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU. To begin today's show, I wanted to start by acknowledging that we are broadcasting from the sacred lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and I want to acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. They're the custodians of these beautiful lands, skies and waterways since time immemorial, and I want to pay my respects to their elders past and present. So today we're going to be speaking with Nyampa singer-songwriter Piritu. His music is a gentle, honest and melodic ride that honours a cultural journey of connection back to language, family and country. Piritu will be performing at Meet the Makers on Sunday 19th of March at Preston City Hall, which is a free event that is part of the Fuse Festival in Darabin. This is quite local to the Triple R area. The Fuse Festival is a celebration of arts across all disciplines and is running from the 11th to the 26th of March. Piritu, welcome to Indigenuity. Yeah, my God, how are you? So I wanted, I wanted to start by saying I really adore your music, your voice completely, and I'm so thrilled to be interviewing you. I, I've read a bit about you now in preparation of um, today's show, and I've learned that you have a very fascinating life's journey as a Nyampa boy op- adopted into a non-Indigenous family and through that finding your way back to culture and language. And so I was wondering whether you might be willing to share a bit about this journey with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, um, you know, I guess it's, you know, a journey that I didn't choose. And, um, you know, I, I have found that, you know, making music about it and, and this, this whole thing is like talking about my journey is, is healing in itself, you know, because, um, you know, I think, um, as, as an Aboriginal person adopted, you know, there's a lot of, like, I uh, I guess I feel, I feel like I missed out culturally on on some, some things you know on some teachings and learning um, along the way, but um, I uh, you know slowly just patching up that that part of my life and and making connections and um, you know I've lived my whole life identifying and and working for the betterment of Aboriginal people and um, you know that's that's what this is all about my music journey and um yeah as as well as like healing for myself at the same time beautiful and yeah i've noticed that um the nyampa language as well in particular has become i guess like a i was gonna say a focus of yours but that's not really it is it it's become a a really large component in your life in different ways um Mm. i was wondering if you could tell us a bit about something you're involved in which is called the nyampa language project yeah so i um yeah Arnie Leslie Woods has been uh, running uh, the Nyampa Language Project for a couple of years. She's doing a PhD on rewriting the Nyampa grammar that was written by a lady called Tansy Donaldson in the 70s and 80s. And um, the, the document that she ended up writing back then is really heavily scientific in its in its um, expression of the Nyampa grammar. And so when you're reading it, it's, uh, it's so difficult to understand mm. that you, you can't actually learn from it. So 
um, Arnie and Leslie um, put together this idea to rewrite the whole that whole book in plain language, and myself and a, and about nine other Yampa um, volunteers um, have been sort of offering their time to help her sort of assess the content that she writes. And um, yeah, we're sort of getting towards the end of the project, and different different people, volunteers have sort of come in and out of the project along the way and offered their assistance. And um, yeah, I I think it's a really exciting project because plain language, you know, the the idea of of language in itself is, um, you know, there's an academic language, and if you don't know that language, you can't actually learn this from this Yampa language document that was written by Tamsin Donaldson in the 80s. And, um, yeah, so just help contributing to that and um, learning bits and pieces of my language along the way. So, yeah. Well, that's incredible. I understand what you mean with, I guess, like sort of the the gatekeeping, um, whether it be intentional Mm. or not, that such scientific language and lots of jargon can um, have an impact on an ability to to pull from it so it's, it's really exciting that this project is happening and that you're able to have um i guess this revitalizing or reforming of this text um what has it meant for you to be able to contribute to it oh it's um it's a, a real privilege to be able to contribute to my own mob um uh, you know having grown up off country and had to kind of make those connections back to family and and kinships um, has been, you know, a journey in and of itself. And so my contributions have not always been directly to Yampa um, people. Um, so I've been, you know, living on, on uh, uh, Wurundjeri land for the last 10 years and sort of been working, you know, various jobs in community and, um, you know, mu- contributing with my music to, to communities down here. Um, so this is a way for me to be able to um, do something for my own mob and my own, um, you know, cultural context. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Um, it's great to hear. And uh, I, I, I guess I envy you on that journey. It's something um, I've been trying to learn a little bit of Gamilaray, but it's um, it definitely is a, it's a, a, I guess, like a long process to make those connections. And so I'm very excited for the work that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And so I wanted to start then talking about your music. And I was wondering if you could tell us, um, how did you find music? How did you get into this process? I uh, actually think music was always in my bones. And, um, you know, I kind of grew up in a, a non-musical family. My adoptive parents didn't don't sing or play music. And even, like, even consuming music was, was not sort of a high priority thing as well, the household I grew up in. And so I think it was always in, in me. And I was always encouraged in sport. So my um, journey has always been, you know, running and swimming and cycling and those long distance things that are actually very rhythmical in the breathing that you do. And um, I found music through that wow. and um, sort of, subconsciously even and then uh, when I was 19 I decided to take a break from music and um, I uh, I found like a, just a natural gravitation towards the ukulele and started teaching myself how to play music and rhythms and um, tonalities just have sort of really 
changed my life. And, um, yeah, I've just ne- never looked back. and never went back to doing triathlons and, um, and all of that. And, yeah, I'm just here doing, doing this thing called music now. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, I love yeah. that your basis in sport is the thing that sort of led into you discovering um, music and the way that it, it seems like such a natural transition. I, I have yeah, to- I've, I've, I've really found that sport and music are, are a lot more connected than what is really talked about, you know, um, because I think like even you think about where rhythm comes from in music, you know, time, you know, um, walking that beat of your feet on the ground, that's kind of the basis of, that's the, the rawest part of what music is, is that beat and so movement is part of that and um rhythm it all comes from from movement you know and sport yeah i love that i love highlighting the interconnectedness as well and i guess that like very naturally then you have the movement and sport and it ties into dance and i guess we could find the links between a number of different uh ways of expression i guess yeah absolutely yeah so I have to say, your voice is stunning. Your singing voice is... Like, I mean, your normal voice is great too. Your singing voice is gorgeous. So I, I'm very curious, was it for you discovering music and learning the ukulele? Or was it, um, or were you aware before then that you had this talent for singing as well? No, singing was something that came later on. I, um, I, uh, I found that just through wanting to be able to sing my own stories and sing my own songs. Um, which was, um, you know, it came, that came because I, I, I wasn't very good at singing other people's songs. And I just wanted that. It was so freeing and uh, liberating for me to be able to write down my own lyrics and um, put a melody to it and sing my own song in, in my own voice. And it was, it was meaningful to me. And I just feel like... Um, for me to be able to sing in a, with that passion and that um, energy that makes me feel good, um, you know, they they really do come when I'm singing my own song. Yeah. Oh, that's I love that so much. Sorry, I feel like I keep responding with beautiful, but like I really am just um, really in awe um, from your responses so far. It's given me a lot to think about. You've recently released a fantastic single, which is called Secret Shape, which we will be playing after our chat here today. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about what inspired this song. Oh, this is a song that I wrote on Gambangia country. I was living on the top of a, a hill in Yampa, in, um, in Nambaka Head. And I used to look out the window of my kitchen um, in the unit that I was living in. And straight outside that window was a view of an 11-kilometre-long beach. And at the other end of the beach was um, a, another town called Scott's Head. And I wrote this song for a friend who lived over there. Um, and when I met them, they, um, they told me that they Googled the most temperate climate in the world, and um, Scott's Head came up. <laughs> so that's why they moved there. And, um, yeah, I spent a, a bit of time and, and on that beautiful country and... Um, I uh, tried to sort of put the rhythms and the feeling and the energy of that of Gambangi country into this song. And, um, yeah, that's what came out. 
So do you feel like you're quite influenced by the country upon which you're on when you are um, creating music? Yeah, very much so. I think um, the, even when I tell the stories that when I play live, I always um, acknowledge, you know, where and uh, where the songs were written and, um, you know, what the story is and how they're connected to country and land and, and, and my story. Yeah. And look, I, this, this question I have for you, I know this is probably like asking you to choose between children, but I was wondering whether there's a song that you hold particularly dear to your heart and for whatever reason, whether that be musically or lyrically or sentimentally? Um, my, my one song that I hold most dear, um, I think... I think that's probably a song called Ngorampa, which is on my first album. Mm. Um, and uh, I, um, oh, yeah, it's, it's about my country. And we, um, I guess there was a, a Nyanpa elder that um, said the words, Ngorampa, where are you? And um, it, she was um, asking that question because she was born on the country and lived her whole life there. And by the time, by the end of her life, she looked around on our country and it was unrecognisable to her, it changed so much in that time. And um, I, uh, I wrote that song um, to sort of uh, just, yeah, as a, as a kind of reminder for people when they're, when they're, um, when they're treading on country, you know, tread lightly and, and, and be you know, be respectful and, and look after it as much as you can. Well, that's beautiful. I, I have listened to that song. I thought it was gorgeous, but I, I definitely will see it with uh, different ears, I guess, um, uh, from now on. So then getting back to your style of music, um, look, I'm, I'm not a musician myself, uh, but from what I've seen, you have a bit of a, like a folk style. I was wondering if you had any musical influences that led to you developing this type of sound. Yeah, very much. I um, uh, listened to a lot of Archie Roach, Uncle Archie, and uh, Bob Dylan, and Paul Kelly, um, and then, you know, some of the newer artists like um, Passenger and uh, The Tallest Man on Earth. Um, artists like that, I love um, finger-picking and, um, and just songs that are sung with a special kind of openness and... Um, and freeness is, is sort of what I search for um, when I sing a song. So um, those artists very much have that, that special thing and I love listening to them and that's sort of, yeah, they're the types of artists that influence me in my writing. Well, that's very interesting, um, especially hearing the mention of Uncle Archie Roach because I know that this weekend you're playing at, um, at the Port Ferry Music Festival, correct? And I, th- I think you're part yeah. of the Archie Roach Foundation's Lineup. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm closing the stage, the Archie Roach Foundation stage on Friday night at 10 p.m. And mate, I'm so pumped. I'm really looking forward to that gig. And uh, as I am the uh, the Fuse Festival um, market gig the following weekend, um, I've got a yeah a lot of lot of shows lined up over the next two months. So um, yeah, it's a really really busy time, and I'm. Um, Really looking forward to sharing my music. Well, that's exciting. It sounds like the good kind of busy, which is perfect. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then this yeah. might be another tough question, but I was wondering, like, do you have like a, a like a top career highlight so far? Oh, um, I think I I wrote a song called Brunswick River, which is on my first album, and um, it's a story of my um, my nan and pop, my adoptive nan and pop, and they travelled from Sydney to um, Brunswick Head in 1951. And when they got there, my pop rode my nan out into the middle of the river. And um, when he got there, uh, yeah, he rode my nan out into the middle of the river and asked her to marry her. And, um, and I heard about that story from uh, one of my aunties and I wrote that song for them and played it to them at their 60th wedding anniversary, wow. uh, which is a few years ago. And um, yeah, that moment of sharing that song with the family around and they were both there, it was a really special moment. And I think that's probably the highlight of my musical career so far, I think. Oh, that's yeah. incredibly beautiful. I was listening to that song actually a lot today. I think it's so gorgeous. And I was wondering whether it was, you know, maybe your personal story or where the inspiration had come from. So I'm very glad that I got that uh, that random answer. Um, which. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're going to be performing at Meet the Makers on Sunday 19th of March at Preston City Hall. Meet, Meet the Makers, yeah. for those uh, listening, is a free event that celebrates local Darabin winemakers, where visitors will have the opportunity to sample homemade wines and hear the process and story behind the beverage firsthand from the maker. So I was wondering, what are you looking forward to most about next weekend's event? Oh, I am looking forward to uh, seeing all the, all the amazing makers. Um, I think creativity and music is... Um, really inspired by all of the all of the types of artists that are going to be there and um yeah i uh i can't wait i think just uh being being among you know crew like that that appreciate music and appreciate um you know all the types of things that are going to be at the market it's um yeah it's going to be a really beautiful day and um yeah i'm really looking forward to to being there amongst it all uh, yeah, it sounds fantastic do you consider yourself yeah. much of like a wine connoisseur or uh is this I- some I love a bit of a Pinot Noir. I do, yeah. So I'll be looking around for a, a couple of those cheeky reds if I can. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so for our um, our listeners, you can go to www.fusedarabin, sorry, F-U-S-E, Darabin, D-A-R-E-B-I-N.com.au uh, and you can learn all about <clears throat> Meet the Makers event as well as just this incredible festival it's running, I think from the 11th to the 26th of March. So, uh, final question, um, and thank you so much for your time today. It's pretty exciting. I, I love your music, so it's, uh, it's like this is like the ultimate fan experience, I guess. Um, but I was wondering if you had any advice for aspiring musicians who might be listening to today's show. I think just um, uh, really just enjoy music, and I think like uh, having uh, an authentic path through the music industry is the thing that's going to make it sustainable for you if you're looking for anything other than just um uh you know anything other than sharing your your authentic story and and your authentic self on stage uh it can become a bit um you know taxing and draining on on your mental health and um so yeah i think um yeah, that's my advice. 
Well, it sounds perfect. Um, thank you so yeah. much for your time then. All of the best with this weekend, next weekend for um, the for the Fuse Festival as well. Um, and, yeah, I hope you have uh, a wonderful time. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, bye. So we've just been thanks speaking so with... <laughs> absolute pleasure. <laughs> we've just been speaking with Nyampa singer-songwriter Piratu. Piratu will be performing at Meet the Makers on Sunday 19th of March at Preston City Hall, which is a free event that is part of the Fuse Festival in Darabin. The Fuse Festival is a celebration of arts across all disciplines and is running from the 11th to the 26th of March. And you can go to www.fusedarabin.com.au to find out more, more about all of their incredible events. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R every Sunday afternoon. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU.